0: Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I am your host, Trevin Stoltzfus, and today we are in blustery Wyoming. Q, has has the wind been blowing like this for a week?
1: For the last 14 days, we've seen this wind blow like this. So, kind of unusual for it to blow this much, but we are definitely had plenty of it.
0: It's amazing, because this morning it was so beautiful. And it it was. And it was literally probably... Uh, 11, 12 o'clock, it kicked right back up.
1: Yeah, it, we, we've seen gust up to 50, 60 miles an hour the last couple of days. So coming over, there was, coming over, there was two trucks on the side of the road just turned over. It's
0: crazy. You know, when we had such a mild summer as far as the wind, there was a couple times we were up here, and there was no wind at all. Well, we came up in April. Is that when we came up?
1: Yeah, that'd be yeah, about Yeah, right. it was about
0: April, and uh, yeah, it blew. It was really windy. Israel, because we were going to try and float. with oh, that's right. Had the yeah, you guys were going to do the Yeah, the was And, yeah, it, was, it, was it mm-hmm. would have been fun, but it just was too windy. Um, let me just introduce who's in the room with me for the listeners. To my left is my precious daughter, Avery Stoltzfus. Across from me is Jordy Smith and, of course, Quentin Smith, QRS Outdoor Specialties. Um, you guys have, if you've listened to the podcast, you've been on the podcast quite a bit. Um, this has been a unique year for hunting Wyoming. It has been. I, I was very fortunate to kill a great buck here in archery season.
1: A buck we didn't even know was on here. <laughs>
0: yeah. It was one of those things where if you're out there enough times, sometimes fate or luck shines on you. That's right. Because it wasn't like I was, uh, that was the buck I wanted. I just wanted a mature deer. And we knew there were some good threes and some actually a good two by three out there that probably seven years old. I mean, he's a big, big, big old deer, And I would be happy with him. And this guy stepped out. and But anyway, um, I don't think it's rained since then.
1: Well, so we're really sitting in a situation that our last recorded m- moisture was sometime early April. And so we've gone all summer long with with very, very dry conditions, um, very little water. The river has not um, produced near the water forest that we've seen in the past. Our pivots have not um, produced. You can tell in just the conditions and seeing them that, you know, typically this time of year, all four pivots is 620 acres is solid green and hundreds and hundreds of animals. And, and while... <clears throat> 12 miles of the sweet water adds a great thing and all of these animals are still right here at the river. It's not near like it should be because typically we have green fields. We've been able to run the pivots and this year we dry the river. Up.
0: Yeah, you would literally suck the river dry.
1: That's exactly right. Um,
0: which was unique. We saw in September. Again, You, you did, It was there was some partial green still. Some of the alfalfa. Right. I mean, that's just hardy stuff. But Compared to the oasis that it normally is in September, we still saw thousands of animals.
1: You've hunted it in you know, other years where the alfalfa's been knee-deep in September. Where
0: I've used uh, or the or alfalfa October. to belly crawl That's to right. shoot deer in. That's right. Yeah. Um, this was a hunt that, for me, was. You know, we always talk about our September archery hunts, but then Avery... Uh, being able to rifle hunt this, we she finally drew the tag, the tag. Actually, she drew it two years ago and killed the first deer here. That's right. So she she finally drew it again. I should say, but she just turned fifteen and I gave her. What did I give you, Aves?
2: A new gun, um, six point five Creedmoor.
0: Yeah, I got a. I gave her a Weatherby six point five Creedmoor which we've all talked about. It's such a great it's round. It's an awesome round. But I got that frame, that Weatherby, it's a it's a woman's frame, so it's a little smaller. Um, still has the weight, so it's not going to kick like a mule. Sure. Then Tanner, being the gun buff that he is and loves shooting long distances, just like you guys have all the long distance schools out here, long distance shooting schools here. Right. We put a muzzle brake on it. He ended up, he uh, put a tracked Optics uh, 3 by 15 with the with the reticles, you know, all, all this stuff that he knows much more about, and then helped me uh, speed check it velocity. So you're looking at what? Uh, normally it says 2700. I think that okay. gun came in at 25. I was gonna
1: say I bet you're pushing 25, 26, 25, there. 70,
0: I think is what it <clears throat> chronode. Right. So then we could do our ballistics, calculation. calculations. I remember back in the day, I had a uh, 25-06 with a Leopold scope. It was a 3x9 Leopold scope, and you just held, if you were... 350 yards you just knew what your drop was and you held high
1: and you still got to be able to do that in a lot of hunting you know sequences across the board and so we've done all that calculation and then your shot you know we we practice at 100, 200 300 and then your shot ends up something totally different 130, 169 like today um, you know different things like that and you still got to know you got to understand your gun and how it shoots and
0: yeah I, I think Avery has a pretty natural knack uh, she shoots her bow well. She shoots, as years pass, we've seen when she shot that, that buck, first time she ever shot that gun and dropped that buck. I think right. that under with the 6.5, really, under 200 to almost 300, you can pretty get away probably with holding it pretty close to being on.
1: Oh, there's no doubt in my mind. It's a very, very flat shooting round. It's very fast. It's got a great... Uh, Ballistic coefficient with it and, and great knockdown power. And for deer, antelope, um, you know, really a lot of different species, it is one of the top ones right now.
0: Yeah. Abe, what did you think about shooting that gun when we went out on the Pawnee the first time? Did you feel, did you feel I, I, I was concerned with kick for you,
2: but- It doesn't really kick at all. Well,
0: putting that muzzle brake on it- Changes the world. <clears throat> oh,
2: man. Yeah, it's really nice.
0: So, it was, what do you shoot, Jordy?
2: Uh, everything.
0: just <laughs> whatever.
2: Huh? Yeah,
0: I, he just got me a 6.5 PRC. The oh, best yeah. of the West, yeah. Right. Um, I've heard great things about that round. One of my favorites has been the 300 Ultra Mag. Is that what go-to. you shot your white tail with a couple years ago?
1: She shot that with the 6.5. Oh, yeah, you shot that with the Creedmoor. <laughs> yeah. It's the Creedmoor on that one. You don't care. No, you, you just—it's just you just get in and drive it. Yeah, I think yeah.
0: the six-five PRC is going to be my go-to though. Okay, is can, is that going to be enough for elk?
1: Very, very much so. Okay, Moose. yeah, it's unbelievable. They're the the things that we've seen done with that PRC already are just mind blowing. So, you know, we've done a lot of long range stuff with it this summer. Um, of course, the guys at Best of the West who we work with a lot here on the ranch. Doing the the long distance stuff, they told me they said, "Q, you're going to get rid of your seven mag to shoot the six five PRC." And and I've been a seven mag man since the day I, I, I since I've known you. Absolutely, that's my favorite round. I've had excellent luck with it, and it's not everybody's round, but it's was for me, it worked perfect. And and they proved it, and that 6.5 is doing the same, if not better, um, at distances that eleven hundred and fifty two yards. It had fifty pounds more kinetic energy at contact than my 7 mag did. Really? A 147-gram bullet versus 180. Interesting. Okay. That is,
0: uh, now you're getting scientific. You're That's getting, right. It's a little bit, uh, you know, so there's a, too much math. I have my shoes on, so I can't count my toes. My toes <laughs> so I'm, but, um, but this hunt really has been a special because we have a chance to come up we were talking about it earlier. Spend a little time in April. Just we brought Sandy up for the first time, and and uh, um, got to just hang out and relax. Right, It's kind of get a break from the COVID. Is really what it just was. Just to get away. Just to get away. And, um, but on this this hunt, we knew it was going to be dry. And I, I think I, I called you the night before, and you're like, "Man, it's you were you had already been up here." you had some hunters we decided we were going to come a little bit later cuz you had some hunters you wanted to right. get you know on and 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 then we yeah. were going to show up and and so when we showed up i think you even told me man it's it's going to be tough it's going to be tougher than what you've seen in the past
1: well and that's part of you know it, part of our deal. I mean, it's still hunting at the end of the day, but we know what it's been for so many years and, and looking through literally hundreds of animals. And what the tough part becomes at that point is while you're looking at 100 mule deer, you're also looking at 100 whitetail, 100 elk, and 100 or 500 head antelope in the oh, deal. Yeah. And so you've got 1400 eyes to try to mix through and figure out how you're going to get to that animal you're going right, to shoot.
0: Without blowing but, out. Yep.
1: <clears throat> this year's definitely a different year in that. They're having to spread out to find that feed source and, and to get that that, you know, nutrition and, and needs that they need that way. Of course, we still got the river here, which they have to come to water. Everything has to water every day. So that's a huge drawing card to us. And and there's still lots of animals out here on the Oh, pivot. yeah.
0: I mean, you so, can look out in the pivot right now and probably count 150 deer right. that are bedded. So there's still enough of a draw. But we just didn't see the number of bucks we were accustomed to.
1: Sure, sure.
0: And, um, you know, somebody's probably listening going, oh, poor you, you know, (laughs) but the fact of the matter is, even on some of the public land around here, um, it's, we might have more deer, but as far as bucks, we're not seeing any more bucks here than probably some of the people on public land.
1: No, no different. We just spent all morning out to the north end of the ranch, which, you know, from the center of our ranch is 42 miles to the north end. So we've got 84 miles at a minimum just today there and back, not including everything we did while we were in that country. And we turned over, what, 15, 20 does today? One little bitty forked horn buck that barely forks. Yeah. But that's hunting. That's part of it. Right.
0: And if... Let's talk about that first morning we went out. We got in the truck, and we had kind of had a plan. We were going to actually kind of go out and go a little bit east uh, to what you call the bull pasture. And um, we saw a mule deer buck in the dark.
2: Yeah, that right away. Right <laughs> away.
0: Now, mind you, that he was inside his ears, young buck. But we were thinking, okay, hey, this is, uh, you know, we we're going to be all right. And then we got out there and we still saw we had another buck we were we were sitting there on that high spot glassing and we looked over how far was that one deer um probably a hundred yards maybe 150 max yeah standing there looking at another young you know three by four inside his ears looking at us and we just we just didn't see anything wider and you told me you'd seen some bucks working that way and i did see that uh, a smaller whitetail Mm -hmm. working that but you know it's
1: hunting it is it absolutely is And, and we all go to the woods every time in hopes to kill the very biggest animal there is we all want to kill a 200 inch mule deer we all want to kill a 170 inch white tail um, we all want to kill a 350 bull but the reality is they don't grow behind every tree right. and everything out there and so really for us you know where we land in, in specifically this is the adventure itself right. and creating that adventure and then the size of the buck is in the size of the adventure
0: right yeah and and it's the memories you make we were talking yesterday with Allie and adriana the, the gals from uh, grace Great, camel and lace are here and um and i was sharing with them how i had my iowa tag and you know iowa the the stigma of iowa is the stigma of iowa is that uh, every every deer is a 180 inch deer and every Every doe is at least one forty, right? That's right. <laughs> and I went to Iowa and it, it was—I didn't see anything. I didn't spend a lot of time there because I also had Kansas, and I had my biggest buck in Kansas was on his feet. Right. right. So I ended up coming back, but it's—I think we, as a industry or as an—you know—the entertainment side of the hunting industry, have done a horrible job of just the fact that hunting is hunting.
1: That's exactly. exactly
0: right. And, um, you know, we, you're setting realis- realistic expectations. Age, what were your expectations, you think, on this hunt?
2: Um, I wouldn't say I had specific expectations. I kind of had wanted to get a whitetail instead of a mule deer because that's what we got last time we were here. So that was probably the only one I had in mind.
0: I know that you did mention that you were... You wanted to try and get a better buck mm-hmm. than your first buck, which was a phenomenal buck, by the way. Um, I know a lot of people, grown men, never kill a deer like that. No doubt. But um, the the opportunity that is here, which is white-tailed mule deer, right. mm-hmm. that's unique. It is. And um, so that first morning after we went out there and kind of didn't really – see anything that we even wanted to make a stock on. I came back and during September I'd been seeing a couple of different groups of whitetail bucks that you would be glassing over big country and you'd see this deer and you would stop and go, oh, that's a good whitetail, a thousand yards. And you'd say, oh, that's a good whitetail. The ones uh, that Jordy, you saw last night when we were down in the field, they were, that was part of them and then the ones that were here close to the horse pasture or the horse barn you know I kept seeing these groups of bucks come out what's crazy though is here we are in October and they're kind of in the same area right I mean they're really not doing a whole lot different Different. and that's whitetail that's Mm -hmm. the difference between a whitetail and a mule deer where a mule deer he might be in here in September he might not be, even be around in October. Exactly. Um, there was a big two by three that was hanging out, and I don't know that you've even have you well seen, it's him? seen him. Yeah, um, he was. Well I mean, him. he was. You see him every day here. Right. Um, when it was archery season, but um, so we went over, and I, I went to the backside of the of the creek where we could look down into those willows, look down into that tall sage actually. It's not as tall this year. That's right. And the grass is definitely not as tall, Which, but usually you'd go through there, and it looks like a nursery because there's a doe and a fawn, doe and a fawn, bedded right in that grass because it's so tall. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's so dry, you don't see it. But we did. We came up and got to about 200 yards from where the turnaround is on that point, and Kyle said, hey, there's deer right there, bedded. So we stop and we glass and we start looking and there's a funky buck and then we put, pan over and there's a good whitetail. And he's bedded looking right at us. And we're, I range him, we're 320 yards. And I'm like, uh-oh. Slowly put it in reverse and just start backing the pickup up. Because I know if we get back off and drop off where that road we goes up, you. I can come around and I can get within 200 yards of where they were bedded. And what was the wind yesterday, 25, 30 miles at per a, hour? Yeah, at a minimum. I mean, that was just sustained, not gusts. Sure. The gusts had to be in the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. So Kyle and Avery and I backed up with the idea we were going to make a big loop around. Take our time. We were in no hurry. It was 9.30 maybe. Was it that late? Maybe Maybe it was mm-hmm. 9 o'clock. Yeah. And they were already bedded. And with the wind, you know they're going to stay bedded and uh, if it was a mule deer, I believe it would have stayed bedded. Yeah, probably so. But by the time, probably 30 minutes it took us to get around, ease around, and then I snuck up and peeked over, all the whitetail that were there, there was probably four or five were still bedded, and the big buck was gone. 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 So I'm sure when we backed up and we went out of sight, he got up. and Yeah,
1: almost. there's no doubt. That's that's the reason he's big. Yeah. He's an old, smart buck. Mm-hmm.
0: So, last night, we kind of got, or yesterday morning, we kind of got bamboozled. They tricked us. So, we came back, and then last night, the plan was to go and just, just get set up and let him come to us. Um, and when we got in there, it was 5 o'clock. We thought we were plenty early. What time did you get on the hill, Jordy? Um, about 5.40. Okay. So, we had just probably got in and got set up and and there was already deer out in front of us and I look back in the willows um, let me set the scene we are we' are, it's, it's it's we're sitting in the pivot but there is a ditch that comes through the pivot and there is a electric box and um, is that the wellhead? That's the wellhead that's the wellhead the okay. heads. and we're set up in the weeds <laughs> kind of against a little knob of, of dirt and um, we are, 220 yards from the edge of the pivot and then there's the creek and then the willows which we were on the other side that morning looking back so we're exactly. looking the same spot but we're looking from the other side of those willows and Avery you were set up on that bog that shooting mm-hmm. stand so you were pretty comfortable
2: I was comfortable yeah I was sitting down
0: and we were set up and here come the deer and I look in the willows and I can see that bug and he, and he had a couple. There was a couple other decent bucks with him. And I'm like, well, okay, now it's just a waiting game, because we're there. We're not leaving till dark, That's unless right. unless we got in a situation where Kyle could. He was sitting up back on the ridge line, where he could see the a difference, ends, mm-hmm. and he could see other things. And if he saw something where I'm going to come get you, you know, he could come down, pick us up, and maybe we move around and. Uh, who knows right exactly, but ideally perfect the perfect scenario would have been those bucks feed out into that pivot, and Avery's got a two hundred two hundred and fifty yard shot, but no no <laughs>
2: didn't <laughs> happen didn't happen
0: but it but it was uh it was neat to see though
2: mm-hmm. there was a ton of deer, yeah. yeah, yeah, there was a lot out in the pivot, and those bucks for whatever reason they just turned and
0: fed the other way Mm -hmm. and the crazy thing is they were in the willows I can't imagine there'd be that much feed there
1: There, Uh, there's quite a bit of feed but part of what you were dealing with last night was the wind when you start when you start gusting 40-50 mile an hour in any deer's ears he's going to stay tucked into some kind of cover as much as possible until it's time to go eat then he's going to blow typically right into the middle of the wind and go right
0: so we finally had to call it it just was we we knew it was too dark and the bucks were still tucked in there they they might have come out after dark i don't know
2: we wouldn't have been able to see we couldn't
0: yeah so we got out of there and came back and that's when you showed me that text that you would gotten
1: yeah so coulter who lives here on the ranch works with the cattle operation and stuff with us he's <clears throat> he knows deer he's and he rides this country all the time on horseback with the cattle and such and and uh, he sent me a text last night and said hey there's three bucks come right through the middle of the yard pretty decent whitetail bucks and so then of course when we got from uh out north last night and i got that text i showed it to you last night and uh, the idea of hunting right here in the front yard, <laughs> I think, was at everybody's mindset of really this could happen right here, you know, right in the middle of it. Of course, when, so when when you think about how our setup here is, you've got the lodge and you've got two pivots on each side and the Sweetwater River runs right at the base of it. So they literally, I mean, you can stand in the picture windows and see hundreds of animals right from here. And so, um, but we knew at that point those animals were going to what we call Pivot 1, which is on the right side of our north side of our lodge. And so there's a pretty good chance that you could be on them right here very close to home mm-hmm. first thing in the morning.
0: And when you say the yard, it's not like there's a yard with a play, play, play set or oh, anything. no, no. Really what he was talking about is there's some barns, there's the horse corrals, and then there's a bunch of willows, and then the sweetwater runs. Exactly. And what they're doing is they're living in that say those sage and those that thicket of of willows. Mm-hmm. Just like on the other side of the pivots where we were that last you know, the other night. Right. And they're doing the same thing. It's just there's no barns there, there's no That's horse corral right. there. Yeah. But they're doing the exact same thing.
1: Which you had already seen fifty sixty deer in yesterday afternoon when you went out.
0: And I was surprised I didn't see a buck. Um But September, glassing, I had seen two really decent whitetails right by the house. And I even mentioned it to Tanner, who was with me in September, and and Taylor, that, man, we should just stay at the house and hunt them. They're right (laughs) there. Um, But when you got that text last night, the plan this morning was— for us to stay close. We were going to go and kind of just go around and get a little bit off of we, we weren't sitting in the yard. We were about 200 yards away from the barn, just parked in the truck because they're used to people coming like this morning. Every they were loading up horses to go get I, push cows or I I don't know what. They loaded right. up the yep. the the horse car or the the horse trailer and off they went. Um, so they're used to the commotion and I was as soon as it started getting light We started seeing deer and then I could see the white bucks Down by the creek, but they were on the other side of the willows so Avery we We just I, th- I don't think we even got out there right because we just turned around and we just made our way back Through yeah. the house across the bridge and went around and you've got a swather over there
1: Exactly sitting in the edge of the hayfield
0: and so I parked on the other side of the swather and climbed up the, the the ladder to the edge of the swather and peeked up over the back of it, and I had a perfect view of them. And they were they were just kind of feeding along the edge of the creek, coming towards us. And um, that's all well and good, but it's not like we could have snuck out around the swather and shot it, because now you have five six foot tall sage where there would be that's the reason they do it there's good cover there absolutely so even though we're a hundred yards from the lodge we ended up sneaking back around to uh the pump station for for pivot two and again structure that gave us we could look straight down the creek to that angle where those bucks were feeding out mm-hmm. and what was there four or five bucks in that bunch yeah Uvery? i think
2: we saw four three three medium-ish ones and one one little one
0: yeah and one little one so then came the the, the rodeo um <laughs> it's not not really a rodeo i i'm i'm realizing how difficult it is for me to remain calm when avery's hunting because i want her to be so successful absolutely and i get pretty keyed up and so we kind of just walked around and i got her to where she felt comfortable and then we got the camera set up and and then the buck's 169 yards it's right there it's right there but you can't shoot because You you got bucks they're feeding and they're intertwining and and we finally f- pick this uh, really nice 10 point We've got he's one broken tine but but still a, a mature deer there's another 10 point that's not as wide but taller and maybe they, a little like, heavier maybe heavier so we decide which deer we're going to we're going to shoot and and the fortunate thing about the about that whole thing aves is the other deer, didn't he, he fed into the willows and mm-hmm. and, the, and the buck that we had kind of picked out is that's the one we wanted to go for. He stayed out. Yeah. And so then it was just a matter of, well, you, you you tell what happened.
2: Well, yeah, they finally kind of spread apart a little bit so we could not shoot two on accident or anything. And then it just kind of, it turned around and they kind of started walking away. So you were kind of freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we just waited just a second longer, and he turned broadside so I could have a good shot.
0: What went through your mind when you were getting settled in? Did you feel pretty confident? Did you feel steady?
2: Mhm. I just was hoping you just wouldn't cry or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was a wreck.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I was pretty calm.
0: So on that shot,
2: when you knew... You just, I mean, talk us through that. Um. Well, I got a little bit nervous because you had told me to shoot it right in the shoulder. And I shot it a little further back. But because of the angle that it was standing, it was standing a little bit turned, not fully broadside towards us. So it went through the lungs and everything and then it went out the other side through the shoulder.
0: She actually if if she would have shot it where I told her to shoot it in that front shoulder, it probably would have dropped right there, but it actually was perfect.
1: Yeah, but by the looks of what I've seen on the video, it was the perfect placement of yeah. where you shot it. Yeah. It was
2: really not, and it didn't it didn't run far at all. Yeah. We uh we gave it
0: about we actually probably like an hour yeah because we came in and looked at the I mean you know how it is I just I wanted to let's not rush in there and then end up going in there and having to oh the other thing is you go in there we are close enough to horses and things like that I don't want to go in there and have to try and make her make a snapshot you know follow-up shot in Willows so I'm like let's just give it some time We came back here. We looked at the shot. Everybody was extremely confident. Larry was still here. I even had Larry look at it, and he goes, oh, that deer's dead. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, oh, you know, I feel good. It was. If you were shooting a bow, that would have been the perfect angle because it was just behind the near side shoulder with it quartering a little away, so then it went off, you know, the the offside shoulder went through. But at the shot, it turned, ran into the willows, and the other deer— Kind of stopped and looked and looked right where it went.
1: Mm-hmm. So what
0: I'm from experience, I'm assuming what happened was most likely it went in, and then it, it went just crashed right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But after a while, we waited and and
2: then <laughs> we went in. We got it.
0: And it was only 18 yards, and I mean probably 18 yards from where she shot it in the willows. That's perfect. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Perfect.
0: So. Aves, what do you think the difference, or is there a difference? Uh, talk through the first shot two years ago on that mule deer where we were in pivot three, and and he was feeding, and we kind of worked up to that berm, and mm-hmm. you laid down and took that shot. Versus here you are, you were sitting, you still had a good rest, but was there was one more difficult than the other?
2: Mm, well the shot itself was further the first time yeah
0: cuz the first shot was about 225 yards mm-hmm.
2: i don't remember it being more difficult i think last or 2 years ago the hunt was very simple because it was the first morning and we just drove around and we found deer in the in the middle of the field and we just got out of the truck and snuck up on this little there's like a little bump on the ground kind of and we just laid down and it was literally like nine (laughs) (laughs) o'clock on the first day um and then we didn't really have any opportunities yesterday so it was a little bit more of a waiting experience (laughs) and
0: sometimes that's good Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because hunting, as we, said, as we started out, hunting's not necessarily just about going out and killing. Mm-hmm. It's about looking. It's about having to work for it. And it makes you appreciate when it comes easy, even more so when, when you have to work for it. Mm-hmm.
1: We've seen coyotes today. We've seen antelope. We've seen whitetail. We've seen mule deer. We found an elk shed. Jody walked in and got an elk shed today and brought it back off the mountain um we've seen a bear in the last week um in a place that i haven't seen a bear in 10 years on this place and so that that's the unique adventure part of it and and that's what we want everyone to experience and get to see and and enjoy while they're here
0: right you know it's funny because as we talked about earlier that we've done a bad job in this industry in the entertainment part of this industry of you turn your sh- you turn the show on, you go out. Buck walks by, you kill it. Or, you know, it, it all happens in 22 minutes. With commercials, it's 30 minutes, right? And that's not how hunting is. No, not at all. And, but I think we condition people to expect to come out, and uh, you know, and it's well. This is, I
1: mean. Why isn't it done in 30 minutes? Why, why didn't I have a bull bugling at me, running right at me? Right. The first time he bugled, why didn't he come running right into my shoes right. and we shoot him at 19 yards like they do? Yeah, They don't see the other 23 days it took to get him to yeah. 19 yards.
0: Yeah, or, or the opportunities where somebody made a mistake, you know?
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: we, we just came back from Nebraska and uh, had some guys that are you know good friends from Missouri hunting, and they'd mm-hmm. never hunted mule deer. And that close encounter, you know, there's seven yards seven yards from your bedded mule. and people say, "Well, why don't you just shoot them? It's not that easy. Mm. There's so much more that goes into it. So that's, but that's what keeps us coming back, keeps us excited, and you know it's like they say about golf, uh, you know, you only need one shot to make you want to come back, you know um, and and that's what it that's what it all entails. So it's been fun, and for me, uh, you know, proud, proud daddy. Um, definitely, probably put more pressure on myself and maybe even you, Avery, maybe, than, yeah. than than <laughs> I should have because I want her to experience and to be successful. But the successful part comes in the fact that we're here.
2: What is that?
0: We had a little uh, some some a little, <laughs> little breakdown, but um, but I do think that success the success comes in the struggle.
1: Oh no doubt about it, and, and so here's the deal for I think Jordy and I we want to build an operation that's family friendly, that's. <clears throat> provides an, an an environment for this style hunt for a father-daughter, father-son, mother-son, mother-daughter style situation. We've got that in pretty much every hunt we do right now. We've got Allie and Adriana and their dad here, right. uh, Grace, Camel, and Lace. We've had um, Jimmy and Randy here this week from California, both father and son. And that's the important part for us to be able to build and share that and to give them those adventures together and to see those things and that's the fun for us, and that's what we, we continue to strive for in our operations.
0: Right, right. And, and being able, growing up as I did, and the way we hunted mule deer, it's very different than the way I hunted, hunt mule deer now.
1: Oh, very much um,
0: so. You know, we go out, and I don't even remember carrying binoculars. If you need to look at something, you look through your scope, right? Right. And you walked them down. You jumped them up, and you tried to shoot them as they're running off. And now... I mean much more of a glassing put yourself in a position the shot is controlled so it's a little bit different but it's definitely more conducive when a young person's involved and my concern having that encounter with that good whitetail there where he outwitted us and I just I, I start thinking can I get Avery on a buck you know my idea is I know I can get up there, get situated, and make a shot quickly. Can I get her set up, situated cameras up, and capture it, and her make the shot? I have no doubt in her capabilities. There's a point there I'm going to have to give a little more to her to allow her to go, I'm good, I'm good, let me do my thing. It sounds like she did do that to Smith. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. But it's hard for me to, to give that over to her because I... I wanted to you know I want her to be successful I want her to to get, to make a good shot and and I don't know that she would even take the shot if it was a rush shot,
2: probably Maybe, not just Mm-mm.
0: because it's not worth it no Yeah. so good life lessons. I know there's Absolutely. a lot of shots I wish I had back when I was Absolutely. younger, so guys, thanks for having us out as always you know yeah, it's thank always you. fun because uh you know we got to hunt together in, in meeker. And um, you know, of course, coming out here in September, it's always a, it's it's always the kickoff of our season, really.
1: Exactly. If we can draw
0: the tag. Yeah. Of course, I've been pretty fortunate. I've drawn it eight, seven of the eight of years. The eight years. Um. So that's pretty good. No doubt. And uh, you no know, doubt. I had an elk tag here. It just 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 didn't work out with my schedule and getting back here. We just you know, exactly. it is what it is. But I was able to get an elk and. In Colorado. Colorado.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that was that was, a, Great that was a lot
1: of fun. Great bull.
0: Well, as always, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed at least or um, get a sense of, of Avery's first whitetail hunt. Mm-hmm. And uh, as always, thanks for listening, and we will see you down the trail. God bless.